All right, guys, welcome back to Soul and Soul. I'm Jesse, and I'm Sangmin, and this is Mental Health Series Part Two. Yes, and surprise, surprise, we are recording this intro together. Woohoo! Back in New York. Yes, for a weekend, but a weekend must deserved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in this episode, we're gonna continue our conversation with Amber about mental health journey. So what about you, Peg? Do I call you that or you want me to call you by your first name? Because girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's we say Pack and Jackson anyways, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It's we introduce ourselves as Jesse and Sangman, but we're mm-hmm. like, yo, Jackson. That's as much as I say. I've said her name, her first name more in this podcast than I have in <laughs> <years> of friendship. That <laughs> oh, is true. I'm just like, that is true. Because she never calls you by your first name. <laughs> Um, like, pack this. <laughs> like I, I used your first name the other day and my mom's like who's that I was like I think I said the same thing and she's like you know my work wife I'm like you never call her that never I'm trying yeah. <laughs> so I guess like during high school years I didn't really I mean I had no idea um, what I was going through so I never like you know sought help but using better help actually before that New York City had this like mental health hotline like during the pandemic. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to text that number. And then it was a really good experience. Mm-hmm. It was it was just through texting. I had no idea who I was talking to, but it was like, <laughs> okay, this is pretty nice. So I'm just going to, you know, mm-hmm. sign up for better help. But I couldn't find somebody that was relating to my um experience like i couldn't find any asian counselors period Mm. um i I, yeah i found one indian guy i tried to set up an appointment (laughs) probably our experiences are completely different but like he Mm -hmm. he was so booked that i couldn't really um choose him as my own counselor it was just like you know mostly white women who were available How they get? Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna ask you <laughs> if you were able to find an Asian counselor, and I'm just like, Mm-mm. man, because it's a real shortage of black counselors. So I'm like, ain't there are no Asian? Man, that's kind of wild to me, but not at the same time because I understand what you. I think I know what you're gonna say. Well, because I think that our community is really shit with uh, mental health, but I do think yeah. your community takes it up a notch, even. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah never talked about period mm-hmm. yeah that period. kind of, yeah that kind of transitions me into my next question so what is your culture or whatever you consider a community relationship with mental health in like korean media it's talked about a little more like some celebrities are coming out with like oh i have like panic disorder i'm taking medication for it go see somebody if you need help things like that and they're trying to normalize it um but still in your day-to-day life nobody really talks about it as much Mm -hmm. especially i feel like immigrant families here Mm. never never Mm. I could believe that. I watched a documentary. Uh, what was it about? I think it was like Unsolved Mysteries. 
and it was about a huge tsunami that happened in Japan. Did you see it? Mm-mm. And they talked about like how people there, like they let the grief overtake them because it shows respect mm-hmm. for the dead. And so, like, they're not going to seek mental health resources. They're not going to because it's disrespectful oh. to honoring the dead. Yeah. So I didn't know if it's like a cultural, a cultural thing too. But it's like it's so taxing on you. And it was such what? devastation in the town that like there was people would see spirits, you know, and they would interact with these spirits. And I believe in that. So we do. But too. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's just like there was so much grief that the spirits were even grieving and it was just like oh uh, it was just too much okay it was a really good episode but it was just like oof this is a lot and it's a lot of responsibility to take on you know because people were really trying to like god spirit come and do all that kind of stuff but they're not getting any resources for themselves they're just mm-hmm. like we're just gonna sit in the sadness because that's what we're supposed to do so yeah look at that toxicity like baked into that like culture mm-hmm. yeah you're like, in- culturally yeah yeah like is that i like i feel like what i learned most about mental health is through the grieving process that i did for tessa um and like realistically speaking like i i couldn't have stayed there like i i wouldn't have been able to live a life if i had stayed there like even a moment later than I did, you know, because yeah, it's like, I definitely feel that. you know, that grief can get you like it, and it, for oh, me, it you. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it was probably like, I don't know, like four or five years before I wasn't thinking about her like every single day, you know, yep. like, like every day. And so, and you know, it's, it's like weird because we were out of school and then even our job, my job afterwards, like out of school, we're like, that shit was not prioritized. Like, yes, we had services and things like that, yep. but the the culture on that campus was like push through. Like, you got a test, you got a paper. Mm-hmm. Like, show up to class the next day. Deadlines. You know, like yeah, the world oh, does not stop for you. That. You know, <laughs> like the world does not stop for your grief. Um, exactly. And so I think most of what I learned was just like how to do that healthily, um, because I wasn't. And I think I was kind of doing what you were talking about, like those Japanese people were doing. I would just like sit there in my room and just let the grief consume me because it wasn't for me. It wasn't just Tessa, like Tessa gutted me, but like my, one of my really good friends from childhood had committed suicide, like a month month before Tessa. So it was just like, I was sitting there just like, Mm -hmm. and getting called out in that suicide note too, was just like, so I was just sitting. I remember that. Yeah. It was too much. It was back to back for you. And it, it was several friends. And then it was like friends involved in friends' death. And it was just, it was so much. I think we, one day we were just sitting on Jesse's bed and we were just sitting there. We didn't even talk. Yeah. We were just looking because it just wasn't any, it was nothing that we could say. Like, uh-huh. it just, it was so overwhelming. And I do feel like that's, that moment is what I feel like was like, I felt like what you just described. Just like when we were just, we couldn't get past it. We couldn't, and not that you need yeah. to, but like I literally couldn't even put words to it. You know, like yeah, I couldn't, no. couldn't explain it. Um, and I just was sitting there. And then, you know, as most black families do, my mom was like, Jesus. And I was exactly. like, fuck no. <laughs> 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 I was like, fuck no, like not right now. 
Um, and I feel like that was what made it so lonely. Like that's what makes mental health as a black person so lonely is that like your family doesn't really buy into it until it happens oh, to yeah. them and they need to. Uh, and yeah. so you're just sitting there like, well, I'm not going to go pray about this. Like the fuck <laughs> do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, I'm laughing at you because when my situation happens, I found out about Tay dying in the most traumatic way. I was just talking about this last night. I found out in Ebony Singers in front of like 300 people. Somebody texted me, the closest person to me. Yeah, and everybody was calling me. Like, my mom was calling me. And people to this day still can't call me back to back. Like, I go off on my family. I'm like, please don't do that. It's very triggering for me. Mm -hmm. So it's like my mom, my sister, my brother. Then his brother called me. And then it it just got weirder and weirder. I'm like, why are these people calling me? Mm. And so... um. I remember they prayed for me and I said, prayer is not going to help this. God is not in this. <laughs> That's what I told the Ebony Singers choir director. And he was shook. Girl. He like, I took his soul out of his body. So I was, that's how I felt though. Like, but I feel, I don't know. I think for me, my experience culturally is that like, there's a certain amount of like shame attached to it. Like, and people think you're like there's like fragility around it so people will act like oh you know you're you know well, I don't have to do that I have the lord or I have this and I have that and I'm just like and you have issues too babe so what are you really saying like what are you talking about and then there's also like this expectation that because I have the tools when you go through something I'm supposed to do the emotional work for you as a black woman bro Bro, uh-uh. that makes no sense to me. It, you know, it, and that's it bugs the shit out of me. No, go for it. it. It just bugs the shit out of me. I agree. Yeah, it bugs me too. And so that's how it was in my relationship. Like when I was telling you when I was married, well, I'm, I'm still getting divorced. But we anyway, can, we can pray about that. <laughs> we can pray about that. Yeah, my family's on some stage. But when I was really going through it, people were just like, you know, you're going to have to do the work and this and that. And I was just like, fuck that. I'm doing all this work. I'm digging this stuff up. You know what I mean? I'm growing this garden. And if it's not somebody that's going to help me, I can't work on your childhood issues. Like, I can't do that for you. You know, or they'll think that because you've done this work and you have these tools, you're supposed to overlook everything that they've done. That doesn't even make fucking sense. If I have more knowledge, why would I just ignore the bullshit that you've been doing? Doesn't make sense. Like it's it's like it's supposed to either elevate me and make me some like godlike figure, or I'm supposed to be this mammy to help y'all fix all y'all bullshit. And I'm not doing it. But they also don't want to like take the services themselves. And I don't know if it's like fear because when I talked to my ex partner about going to counseling, he knew he had issues. But he was like, yeah, you know, I know I need to go to counseling. I think I may be a psychopath or a sociopath. However, I'm not going to go. And that was my decision. So that, that was like it for me. I was like, well, I have to go. Because if you know there are issues here, like if you know your house is on fire, you're not going to call the fire department. Why? Why are we doing this? You know what I mean? But I'm also here with you. And you can't like if it's your family, you can't really leave, but you can distance yourself. If it's a friend, you can definitely quit them. But if it's like your partner and you're married to them, you can't leave. Like your y'all's fates are kind of tied together. So, mm-mm. nah. That's I think my experience. I think you brought up something like very interesting that I think that we as a black community don't talk about enough. Like uh, I tell my mom this all the time now. I'm like, I'm not my brother's keeper. 
cut that shit out, mm-hmm. right? Like, just because I'm more emotionally mature or emotionally put together than my brothers does not mean I will do the emotional heavy lifting for them. Fuck that. Like, fuck it all up, right? And I think that as Black mm-hmm. women, uh, our community expects us to do the emotional labor for men and for some other women who are unable to there's air quotes here guys because everyone is able to do their own fucking emotional labor <laughs> like it's like a muscle you have to exercise it to get yeah. it to work that's what i call it and i'm yeah. like if you're not working out your muscles i'm not putting you on my back i don't care how strong i am because no one's working out for this i'm nope. working out for this booty and this waist i'm not working out for that <laughs> nobody is strong enough to take someone else's mental like health on their on, on their own like it, it doesn't work that way so if if and especially, like, I don't like the assumption that we as women, it's our job. Because, like, mm-mm. how you going to call me overly emotional and then come tag me <laughs> you got emotions? Uh-uh. Yep. <laughs> it's just not hey, girl. Can I have some of that? <laughs> yeah, it does not work that way. Like, the reason that you feel this way is because you haven't figured out basic shit right? Like that's the kind of stuff that I, we would get mad at our students for. Like mm-hmm. it, we would never let a student have emotional meltdown, but we're going to let grown ass men do it. Like, no, 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 no. Um, what? Cause you get a paycheck. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always so very glad that I don't date men and I never will have to look this in the face as a, with a partner, but it, it happens. You can't even avoid it because it happens in your own families. Right. Mm-hmm. And it happens. Like yeah. I firmly, like I've told my mom this, I was like, the reason why your sons are emotionally stunted is because you didn't put any of the same effort into their emotional well-being as you did mine as a, their emotional mm-hmm. maturity. You held me to a much higher standard than you yeah. held them. And they were just supposed to like get through life and like not get shot or end up in prison and you were gonna be happy. Like yeah. nope. <laughs> like nope. Um, so I, I definitely feel like our community mm-hmm. doesn't well, obviously I'm preaching to the choir here, but I don't mm-hmm. think our community cares about the mental health of black women and they only care about mm-hmm. the mental health of black men when what black women are doing it for them. Wow, that is devastating to hear because I'm I've lived it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel like and I'm glad that I'm as strong as I am because I do definitely understand that sentiment because I feel like what I said earlier was like you're not my child. Like if I start having to do the work for you, that means that you're like a dependent for me and I'm not doing that. That makes me feel like a pedophile. Why am I? I'm not doing it. I'm not that type of person. I don't want to deal with somebody who is like a child. You know what I'm saying? Like emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I'm not attracted to children. So I cannot be in a situation with you. I have to be with a grown, whole person. Period. If that's how I'm coming, that's how you need to show up too. And you can't bring your issues to me. Because what you do is you bring your issues and then you end up taking out your issues on me. Putting my face on them. When you get upset. When we have our you know, our disagreements, like, and then I was in a situation where it just started when we had arguments, we'd be talking about current issues and stuff from your childhood would come out. And I would just sit back and I would listen and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like (laughs) from 1994, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What are you saying to me? 
me. Like, I, you think I'm this and I don't think anything. Because if I thought it, I would tell your ass because I'm very honest. What are you saying? I I don't need you to. You're putting my face on things that you believe about yourself. And I can't combat that because it's made up in your mind. You're making me to blame and making me. No, I'm not doing it. It's too much and too little at the same time. It's not giving. Listen, listeners, now you know why I didn't bother to learn this motherfucker's name. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely why I never learned how to pronounce it. (laughs) Girl, it's okay. It is totally fine. He's not a bad person or anything like that. He just has real issues he needs to work on that are making him not make the best decisions. You know, and then I think I think that our entire community could say that. And I think what is really mm-hmm. tragic about the situation is that we, we, how can we inherit all the generational trauma that we do plus add mm-hmm. in the trauma that white people today are still doing to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not get help from it. Right. Like there's no way that we're not going to be emotionally affected by these things. That's just yeah. like being black. And then you add in like, your own specific things that happen to you then mm-hmm. like you everybody needs to do their own work you, like your mental Definitely. health is like your own responsibility and i think mm-hmm. we don't really do that as a community where we're just like oh definitely not you know where we're just like okay i'm gonna i'm going to take responsibility for me mm-hmm. and how i'm going to handle the situation and how i I'll- think that all black parents like as you're about to have a baby you should have to go to counseling mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. just I'm very intentional with my son and I just try to make sure that I'm hearing him. I always tell him and I've been telling him this since he was an infant. I talk to him like he's a grown person because he will be one day. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, listen, mommy's doing the best that she can do, but she's going to make mistakes. And if she does, she will apologize. We can talk about it. I said, I know mm-hmm. you have your own feelings and you feel whatever you feel. I said, when you get the words, you can come to me. We can have conversations. You still may have to do what I tell you to do because I'm the parent, but we're going to have a conversation because I care about your feelings. And I've been telling him this since he was a young baby and he would just be like, and I'm like, yeah, but just so you know, like you matter here. Like I'm trying to do the best I can for you specifically. If it's some kind of way I'm talking to you, you don't like come talk to me. It's a safe space because I need him to know. But then on the other side, I'm like combating, you know, all this stuff that I can't even control, but I need to be able to, anchor him down in this healthy love that I have for him you know so yeah I do think that black parents and older generations play such a huge role in Mm -hmm. our lack of mental health right now Mm. Um, like like we talked about earlier like telling someone to go to church and pray about it instead of like actually talking to them like okay cool let's pray about it but can you also and, talk to, can you also talk to me about how yeah. i'm feeling right now like can, can, we have a, of them. <laughs> can we have a conversation i'll pray about it with you but can like, find a not, christian psychologist no they have those girl i, I don't want that but not <laughs> you Girl, not you. Girl, I'm talking about the people who be praying all the time. Not you, honey. I was, say, I was like, I don't want that shit. But no, I'm telling them. I'm telling the viewers and the people listening, like, find you a Christian psychologist that you can talk to because then you have your religion and you have the psychology too. You need the science. And if you, God created everything, right? God created science too. Wait, hold up. Just so we're clear, when she says Christian psychologist, she don't mean your pastor. Not your pastor, babe. Not your pastor. 
Okay. No, I hear- like somebody who's certified, not not a, a PhD from the uh, what is it, the theology school bank. We need a PhD <laughs> from a university in psychology and psychiatry. <laughs> I'm just we're like, trying to make that clear for the listeners because you know they would be like, but I talked to my pastor. And he yes, is. and he is great. <laughs> yeah, and he says. Um, he understands. <laughs> uh, Packwood's mental health, like in, we already talked about that, sorry. My bad. Yeah, no, but um, what Amber was saying before, how you talk to your son, I think that's something that all parents should say to their children Mm -hmm. um as growing up i feel like i was never able to talk to my mom about my feelings at all like Mm -hmm. i was more afraid that she would judge me for the things i say or things i do rather than just like her accepting me like meeting me where i'm at yeah yep Yeah. And also as an older child, like you just hold a lot of things, especially when Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're in an immigrant family and I was doing a lot of like work for them, too, because they couldn't speak English. So Mm -hmm. I was almost like playing the grown up at like 13 or something like that. And they're putting their emotional baggage on me. And I'm like, but I'm just a kid. Mm -hmm. You're having to translate on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. Yeah. I it's a lot of responsibility. I, I don't think that parents understand um the the trauma that they lay at their children's feet, even when they don't mean to. Mm-hmm. Um for my mom at least, she gets like very defensive when I talk to her about some of the things that has ha- have happened in my life that are traumatic and mm-hmm. might be she might have played a role in. Um, mm-hmm. like she gets very, very defensive about it, and it doesn't matter what it is, you know. Like she, because mm-hmm. she thinks that any kind of critique is like a critique of her as a mother. Oh, girl, and it's That's like cultural, you know, it <laughs> very much is. And I'm just like, yeah. Pack is not in her head, yes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Mama, it has nothing to do with you as a person or a mother. I'm talking about this one time you fucked up. Can we talk about it? Can we yeah. just talk about that one time? I think you're a great mom. And I, I feel like I have to do a lot of coddling with her yeah. when I want to talk about my own feelings. Definitely. I have to like, be like, all right, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. But wait, this one time. It's like a sandwich. You know? <laughs> you a little know? lettuce on your sandwich. You know? <laughs> I, we were just talking about, because I, I found out maybe two or three years ago, right, that my mom knew I was gay this whole time. And it pissed me the what? fuck. It pissed me oh, the you did fuck too. off. I was like, "So you just had me out here in the street having an identity crisis?" You asked could have been like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Yeah, the whole time you asked could have been just like, "Hey Jesse, you're gay. We don't have a problem with it." Because that's what it ended up being, right? And I was just like, mm-hmm. "So you got me out here thinking I'm gonna get disowned? That like <laughs> that no one's gonna love me? That these ultra Christians are just gonna write my ass off? I'm gonna be make my Did own?" Did she show. say stuff like that, or was it just a vibe? She like she has definitely gotten less homophobic now that it's just like, oh, okay. out there in the open. But there were uh-huh. moments where she would say stuff like, "The Bible says homosexuality is gay," and this and that's why I got so shitty with her because this was her already <laughs> knowing that I was gay. Wow! Girl, now stop I, doing that. Now that's just how am I supposed to come out and be like, "Oh, but you talking about me?" If you saying I'm gonna burn in hell for 
Now listen, <laughs> she, I mean, because I think that was her and my dad both do this where like instead of just being like normal fucking people and having conversations mm-hmm. with their children they try to like back us into a corner and then we reveal things and i'm just like you could just ask a fucking question you want to know what my family does yeah. girl they just start praying out loud <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like you know what lord jesus we coming before you. We just want to pray that Amber is never on drugs, that she does not have a whole bunch of baby daddies, and she just makes sure that she is always keeping money in the bank, Lord. Yes, we just want to make sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, and then they start speaking in tongues, and I'm like, I'm not going to play with y'all. Stop doing it in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> you can be in Walmart, out. It's embarrassing. I just start walking on. No, my mom will do a thing where she, like, okay, the reason I even came out to my mom is because she pissed me off and she knows I'm into, like, I'm, like, into activism or something like that. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember when that religious religious freedom law got passed here in Indiana where, like, mm-hmm. it's basically, like, people who don't want to serve gay people can not serve them if it has anything to do with our weddings. Right. Burn Indiana to the ground, y'all. Burn saying. it hell, like seriously. But, <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's talking to me. I'm mean, like in New York. She's talking to me about this, and she's like, "Well, I think that everyone has the right to be, do their own religion and follow what they need to follow. And like, if it's against their religion, it's against their religion." And I, I'm like listening to this shit, and I'm like, "How the fuck would you feel if they said that to your gay daughter?" And she's like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it back. Let's take it back, Naj. How would you feel if they said that to your black ass? That's what they said. <laughs> what are you talking about? They just said that shit. What are y'all saying? They literally treat gay people, queer people, like black people. And I don't understand. I'm just like, I don't understand that, right? Like, so black black people don't even understand the like trauma. Like most of so, so much of trauma for black queer people comes from black people. Right. It's, oh, it's, yeah, definitely. It's directly. Not, you know, it's not just like, oh, you, you have trauma because you're queer and you don't fit into American society. You also like are very much getting intimately drugged in your own household. Right. Or like that's the worst part of it is or in your, your own community. Yeah. Your <laughs> whole community where people are like, and for me as a black queer person, it always fucks me up because I'm like, so, so we go fight for you. We go fight for you. We go fight for you. In my turn, right? No, fuck you. And I'm like, <laughs> they're like, hell no, not y'all. Be quiet. They're like, shh, 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 shh. which is crazy. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> black queer women have like some of the worst rates of mental illness out of any demographic. Period. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, period. Right. And so, to me, like, the idea of not supporting queer women or it's just like it's not it right because it's like how can you expect queer people to fight for other black people and then just get left to the side it's the same thing i feel about when i'm thinking about myself as a woman and thinking about black men Mm -hmm. and their activism Uh, but then yeah as as a queer person you just you then add in the all the other straight people that are not black unless you have a disability too Seriously, <laughs> and don't let and don't let you be transgender. Like, yeah, because they just don't. Yeah, you're invisible, and you're supposed to be seen and not heard. They want you to show up to the marches for the numbers. They want you to sign their petitions, but 
they don't want to take care of you. No, they want you're not a person to them. They want to fuck you, know? you up in the street. They want to kill you. Black trans women are have the highest mortality yeah. rate of anyone, right? Yeah. And it's like, yo, that's not an accident. And that's not just happening from like other races coming in and killing black trans women. Nope. That's a black mm-hmm. community murdering community members because they're mentally yeah. ill. And there's no there's no accountability for it. So None. it's like of course. It's kind of like how people target sex workers. Like people target people in vulnerable situations that nobody's gonna show up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are there aren't gonna be real consequences. It's very rare that they'll be prosecuted. So like in there was a case in New York where a guy like murdered a trans woman like on the fucking street in Brooklyn and tried to yep. pu- try to do like a gay panic defense. And it's like Oh yeah. If- that, the fact that that's even a defense. Seriously, oh, this sounds like another podcast episode, girl. <laughs> this I is mean, a lot. I just mean, like, to bring it back is like, if we don't support the, like, if you're in that situation, your mental health is shit. There's no way to answer about about it. Your mental health is gonna exactly. be shit, right. And it's like, if we don't, as a community, start normalizing mental health, that disparity is just going to grow larger. You know, because right. the people that need mental health the most are the people who already probably can't afford it because also black queer Mm -hmm. women and black queer i mean by women i am including trans women but black queer women also yeah of course like don't we are also more impoverished than our other counterparts in the black community Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. they can't afford it they're constantly being like fucked up so that they're going to need it and then mm-hmm. we're just as a community going to be like, it's only for the men when they can't handle their shit. And you black women do it. So ridiculous. It's really upsetting. <laughs> like it's, It really bugs me because like, think about think- how, how much more like, think about what black trans women and queer women do with this uh, against them and how much more like amazing we would be if we didn't have that mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like how much we get accomplished already, but like imagine that wasn't uh, like a shackle around our ankles. Yeah. Imagine if you actually had all the tools that you needed to live a nice, safe, healthy life. Yep. You know, you literally, when you're living, it just makes me so sad because I'm just thinking about all the things you have to face as a black queer woman or you know even more so as a transgender woman like the poverty you know you can't find employment you have to be in risky situations just to feed yourself so it's like you're you're put into the ring Mm -hmm. every single day then you don't have anything to like keep you grounded and rooted and these are some of the nicest people i've ever met the most empathetic the most compassionate you know so it's just like to know that they're put out here on purpose to suffer is just like it doesn't have to be that way but y'all are making this making it this way on purpose Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. like just to make you feel better about being oppressed yourself so like you just want to oppress somebody else (laughs) so you can feel better which is like but then it's like you won't even take advantage of the resources that they can't even take advantage of to be better so it's like a you're still going to terrorize them like what you, you know my quote and i'm sure that this is going to get me in trouble with our black male listeners but black men are the white men of our are, are the white people of our race right like they don't 
They Girl, don't. I call them the white women. I say black yeah. men are the white women of black people. That's it, what it is. It, I mean, they go, telling you. I, I I'm have, telling you. I had a whole conversation <laughs> with my club about this because they were asking me about it, and I, you know, I was like, you know, y'all know Zora Neale Hurston because she she put she, she said that she's like we're the mules of men, right? And then I was yeah, like, yeah. and then I was telling them about the like the bell hooks quote about like mm-hmm. how they are both oppressed and can't oppress people mm-hmm. so they have more in common with each other mm-hmm. than they have with anyone else and yeah. like both of them both of those sets of people should go see some therapists yeah come on please just be better but then it's like I just feel like they'll go in there and be like I ain't do that I ain't say that <laughs> no you who said that you said that <laughs> I'm leaving <laughs> They don't want to feel uncomfortable and vulnerable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I ain't never coming back here. Period. I know. <laughs> I can't believe she said that to me. <laughs> Who she thinks she is? Let me go call my mama. <laughs> and, and then disregard everything his mama say to you. Okay. <laughs> no, because the mama's going to be like, that's the right son. She don't know what she's talking about. I raised you right. Ain't nobody going to be talking to my son like that. I'm telling you, you're right. You're right. Let me find out Judas out here. I will yoke him up so fast. How dare you be out here embarrassing me? You better not be one of these men. <laughs> <laughs> this, we had conversations, and this is what you want to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, my mom, who has had the same, like not the same, but has had a lot of conversations with her black sons, is going through it. Like she's being put through the ringer right now because, like. They went out in the world and mental health in our community isn't a shit. So they didn't work on it at all. Like my brothers went through the same childhood I did and didn't work on any of their mental health issues. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Like, that's why you're out here like as an adult and still fucked up about shit that happened when you were like six, Mm -hmm. which is like past a certain age. That's kind of, unless you literally cannot afford it, it's inexcusable past a certain age. It's true. It's like on purpose. So yeah. yeah. But then I feel like there are a lot of programs for black men specifically. I don't know about mental health programs, but there are so many programs out there for them that I can imagine that there are mental health programs out there as well. Yeah, definitely like, there are. There are programs for education, there are programs for careers. Like if they want to do something, there's ways to find funding for it because they they're like want them in spaces. But it's just like the willingness and the like you have to be resourceful. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but I feel I don't know. well. It's just, I think, and I like constantly say this, but most things about the black community, you can take it back to the plantation, and you'll find your answer, right? Like yeah. pretty much mm-hmm. most things, anything American black people, like you can probably take mm-hmm. it back to the plantation, and you'll find your answer, and like black men's mental health is there, right? Like your family got taken from you. You yeah. didn't get to, you you got emasculated all all the yeah. time because you didn't get mm-hmm. to keep your family or maybe you got to have a wife, but she was getting raped by the massa, right? Like, like you didn't get to be what you thought was a man. And then on top of that, you got colonized. And now your thoughts mm-hmm. of what a man is was, are made by the person who enslaved you. Mm-hmm. And it just mm-hmm. like, so much of it, like the idea of not being vulnerable and all that other stuff is mm-hmm. back to that plantation, not ever wanting to be as vulnerable as they were then, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, and it's like, to me, like 
got you got you secondary trauma terrible 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 yeah but you're still not the woman that just got raped by massa so like mm-hmm. go fi- go figure the shit out right like go figure- i mean some of them were dealing with some sexual violence as well you're right you're so right we won't gloss over that but i understand right. exactly what you're saying like i mean we're always going to be up under them so yeah like it's just i just and i also just feel like if i'm doing it why can't you do it too and that, you know that's I mean? how I feel about them too. It's that's the thing. Especially as like a group of people who are always told we're less than. So if I'm less than you, why can't you do what I do? Mm. Right? Like if you're so much better True. than me, why can't you do what I do then? That's good, girl. That's how I feel about everybody with two arms. <laughs> you better make it happen, babe. <laughs> Don't ask me for shit. Uh-uh. What you talking about? <laughs> what? Um, and they, no, I'm dead serious too. I feel you because that's how I feel about straight people. Why are y'all coming over here? You got movies, you got books, y'all figure this shit out. <laughs> you, got, you got all these examples. Uh, you got, hilarious. You got healthy examples, you got toxic ones, you can compare. <laughs> Heck. Yes. Do you want to talk about vulnerable groups in your culture? Vulnerable groups are not even mentioned. Oh. <laughs> we do not know the the existence of those vulnerable cultures in our community. I mean, they gotta be the same. You know? Like I'm sure that's that, really good. Like yeah. that's a good point. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like that man, y'all better put that up in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's got to be the same, right? Like it's got to be queer Korean people, trans mm-hmm. Korean people, women, like you know, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. similar. Any um, outliers, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the disabled. Yeah, anyone like that mm-hmm. is probably the. It's probably the exact same. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. humans are assholes across the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you know, you're one of the others, <laughs> the outsiders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we were, uh, yeah, Amber, you haven't heard this podcast is coming out next week for Valentine's Day, but we just were talking about uh, queer people in Korea, because uh, like I've mentioned it during the relationship episode, and I think, Peck, you were like, I don't know that many, or if I do, they're not out. Personally, I have no, I don't know any Korean queer people. And I'm like, that's what wow. I know there. Yeah, they are out there. And that's why I'm like, it's definitely got to be that group because, like, y'all don't even know of their existence. Like, they're not out mm-hmm. and about. So they mm-hmm. definitely have to have mental yeah. health. Like, crisis. definitely. Yeah. Um, though they do exist. A Korean queer woman slid into my inbox recently. They do exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, actually, it's weird. They're probably not out in their, like, friends or family circles. But I've seen, like, YouTube channels mm-hmm. or, like... They find the outlets to, you know, express themselves and like form a community of their own. But it, within their like regular, you know, family and friends life. group, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Though mm-hmm. yeah. I, the only thing I will say is like those people in their friends group aren't their friends. <laughs> or yeah, they'd, or they'd be yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> They'd feel comfortable being out and express being vulnerable like that if they were actually friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is rough. Mm-hmm. It is rough. That's tough. 
Yeah, it's almost it's interesting because I feel like the black community has so much more to go with mental health that I sometimes forget how far we've come with it. You know, like the idea that so many of my black friends see therapists or counselors or talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, and that which is like never a thing for my parents. Even the fact that my parents mm-hmm. have both seen counselors and therapists is just wow. like Oh, that's really good, girl. Yeah. My dad volunteered to go to counseling with me mm-hmm. when I was in high school. So that was like the first time, but we didn't actually go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like even him being willing to go because my mom was not, you know? So yeah. it was just like, he's just like, whatever I have to do to help you be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening to our mental health episode part two. Um, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Soul and Soul. That is underscore S O U L A N D S E O U L. And anything else to add? Uh, enter our giveaway. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram to enter our giveaway. All right, bye bye.